Welcome to Untangling Christianity. On this show, John and Greg attempt to diffuse destructive ideologies, unsnarl confused ideas, consider love and truth in Christianity. All right, this week we're joined on the podcast by listener number two, Evan from Virginia. Welcome to the podcast, Evan. Hey guys, how are you? Pretty good. Hey Evan, nice to have you. So I thought of Evan, oh, I don't know, a few weeks ago we were having the discussion about praise music and I think our initial episode on praise music was fairly negative. The next episode tried to be a little more constructive. I think that episode went out. Um, yeah, it did. And I'm then, completely laughing on mute on that one, by okay. the way. <laughs> we'll come back to that. <laughs> and, then, and then I thought, I love collecting different perspectives. And then I thought, wait a minute. You know, I posted it in the Facebook group to see, you know, what people thought, and that got some. That, in fact, that generated episode, the second episode on this topic. And then I, then I sent Evan a private message. And I was like, "Hey, did you listen to this? What do you think?" Because I remember in our interactions, I see Evan's listener number two. He was the second person to ever write us since we started almost three years ago, and so that was always super exciting to us. In fact, I think I was like standing in the line at. Columbia in the checkout line and I got this email and I was like, I was so excited. I was like, someone wrote to us. This is cool. So all that to come full circle. At some point in our correspondence with Evan, he mentioned that he played in a, a worship band or a praise band or a church band or whatever they call them these days. And so I wanted to get Evan's perspective on worship music and that kind of stuff. So before we get there, Evan, maybe just say a little bit about yourself, how you happen to find the podcast and anything else you want to tell listeners out there? Sure. Uh, so I found the podcast. My wife was actually um, given a book, the Kyle Eidemann's Not oh. Fan. Um, which, <laughs> yeah, we're familiar with that. <laughs> I think it lives, lives up to the title, being not a fan. Um, and she was just kind of looking on for some more resources as she was about to start reading that. Um, and she, she said, Hey, you might want to check this out. These guys are, um, might be something you want to listen to. Gave it a listen. I was like, well, this is kind of what I, at the time, what I was really looking for, just some more, um, more of a critical understanding of, of what's going on with Christianity, Christianity and, and, uh, things like that, which I wasn't quite getting, um, at the church that we were at, at the time, uh, which kind of, sparked me to email you guys about this, the idea between can we, do we put too much in doctrine or are we going to be about like loving people? Um, I think Greg, that's definitely one of your things like that whole continuum of, of love and truth mm-hmm. uh, has kind of came, came from that. So that's kind of a, right. just a real brief, how I became connected with the podcast and just kind of in and out a little bit, listen for a while. Then we switched churches and, um, kind of going through some growth and, and things like that, which is great. So um, kind of, like I said, in and out, which is good, but happy to be here, happy to contribute to the uh, praise and worship conversation. Fantastic. So. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah. And I know I love how you say you're in and out. I am totally that way with podcasts too. And yeah. I don't ever, <laughs> I don't have any ex- expectations of like someone has listened to like all a hundred and yeah. whatever. So that's, that's totally fair. So your wife was a listener and then told you? That's correct. Oh, we have three huh. listeners. That's correct. Wow, right, right. All right, great. So, so in terms of like where it gets started on this topic, so the praise, so in the initial interaction that you and I had, Evan, I was, I thought you raised a really interesting thing. I was wondering if you could say a little bit more about, which was this idea. So Greg and I glommed onto two particular songs and we weren't very nice to them. Well, we were, we tried to be nice to them, but we didn't find them very satisfying and one of the things you pointed out to me is that sometimes as a i don't know i guess when you're doing a set or whatever you a service that sometimes there's there's an arc to it or that's like several songs put together are meant to convey a particular message and so i wonder if you could say a little bit more about that because like we were just zeroed in on this one song and saying oh this is lacking but you you had a, a different a broader perspective i thought was helpful sure yeah, so um, I played in a lot of different worship bands and a lot of different settings, um, and I think 
mean, we'd have some in college, we'd have like a night of worship. Um, so we'd pick maybe 10 to 13 different songs that we would play that night for, I don't know, hour and a half, two hours. Um, and there's kind of like, there's kind of that flow to the service overall. Like you kind of start out, at least the ones that I've experienced um, and been part of, we've kind of started out with the more, some of those upbeat songs to get everybody active and engaged. Um, and then there might be some more songs that are um, a little more serious, more self-reflection. Um, and then some songs that are a little bit longer, just more like praise, praise God for whatever. Um, and then you try and you try and end on a, on an upswing. Um, so songs like how great is our God, um, even with them, like those songs recorded at like the passion conference, potentially, um, there's some intention on where those songs go. Um, and, and what that looks like for the whole experience of the night, if that makes sense. Um, so some, could be one of those things where another song may have brought that more um, theologically sound and, and heavy, maybe a heaviness earlier, and now this is maybe a little bit more of a release, if that makes sense. Okay. And when, and in your experience of playing in these bands, what does it do? I got I have all kinds of questions. One, sure. I'm kind of curious, like, what is what is your interest in playing it? Do you just, do you love playing music? Do you love like leading the group? Like what is it about playing in the band that you enjoy and value? Sure. Uh, so I play bass, so it's, it's a little, little different. I know some people see that as more of a, um, a background instrument. Um, but I like to say it's a, it's called a bass for a reason, lays that foundation. Um, and, and I, I like seeing people's responses like, um, we talk a lot about it at, at the worst on the worship team that I'm on right now is, um, being transparent and really trying to be a vessel to point people to Christ or point people to God or point people to, to the cross, wherever we're, wherever they need to be. Um, so being one piece, um, kind of in the puzzle is, is encouraging to me. And I feel like God's really, that's how I worship you know, through that experience and through leading others. Um, I sometimes have a more difficult time being part of the the congregation just because my mind tends to focus more on the more musical aspects of worship music and, and just music in general. Um, that sometimes it's a little more difficult for me to engage in singing the songs and, and things like that. So um, that's kind of what I really appreciate about serving in that avenue um, in the churches that I've been a part of. So, um. now, What do you do when you get into a situation where, like, do you ever, well, let me switch around. Do you ever find yourself in situations where you don't agree with the lyrics? And if so, what do you do? Yeah. Um, I think I messaged you about a song, uh, No Longer Slaves. I think, I think that one's by Bethel. Um Nice song musically is is kind of cool, um, but there's a, there's a line in it that says, "I'm no longer a slave to fear, um, I am a child of God." Um, and I think back to back, I'm like, I don't what what is what does that what does that mean? Like I'm no longer a slave to fear. Okay, well, I can kind of get that maybe. Um, I am a child of God. Yeah, that's that's a good thing, but I don't. I don't see how those two things, you know, work together to make a cohesive, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get on board with that. Um, I'm going to sing that out. So I tend just to kind of, you know, cross my arms and and uh, just kind of hang tight until whatever's next, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, and it's tough because I think there's a lot of people that um, that song is really meaningful to them for, for whatever reason. And, and that's, that's okay. Um, I think that's great if God's speaking to them in that way. Um, but to me, it's like, I, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know what that means. Not that I agree or disagree. It's just like, I just can't, can't quite get on board with that. You know? Um, hmm. How often do you hear, I mean, that's, this is an interesting line of, 
questioning, John. But how often, Evan, if you maybe talk with people afterwards, do people ever bring that up? I mean, is that ever a concern that you hear voiced? You know, that where someone might might say, "Oh, you know, I really like that song. I'm just not too sure what this means," or "What do you think this means? I'm a little confused about that." Is that how how much discussion on that sort of topic do you come across? Um, it's definitely limited, I'd say. Um, I try and I try and watch, keep my p's and q's about t- some of that stuff. Um, hmm. I think it's, it's it's definitely the conversation in the car ride home is 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 definitely where it takes place. <laughs> ah, right. Okay. Uh, like, what did you think? I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, I, I'm on good terms with the worship pastor and stuff, and um, you know, we have conversations about that too. Like, uh, you know, we were doing another song a previous week. I forget what the name of it was. Um, and the people that were leading it, like they love the song and it's great. And, you know, it's really speaks to them and, you know, they're really excited to sing it. Um, I'm like, well, worship pastor, what, what do you, what do you think about this song? And he's like, yeah, I don't really care for it. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's tough to really have, it's tough to have those conversations sometimes. Right. Um, uh, and when you, uh, this, that's an interesting way of, that's an interesting phraseology, you know, that it speaks to them. And I, I, I can resonate with that on the one hand. On the other hand, I wonder how much of that do you think is about the right tune, the right tempo at the right time? And how much of that, I, I know this is probably just completely speculative, but I, I just wonder. It sounds like you're leading the it, witness. <laughs> well, I don't know. No, seriously. Like I've got my opinions, but I don't. Well, I don't even know if I have my opinions on this one. Because okay, go ahead. I do think I I do think that well, <laughs> now you're making me defend myself <laughs> against leading the witness. So the question was going to be how much do you think it's about tempo and timing and melody versus lyrical content? Yeah, um, I think part of that goes back to the that placement in the worship set. You know, okay. If, if we've played through a couple songs and you know you are you feel like you're experiencing the Holy Spirit and you feel like you're you know God's convicting you of things or kind of whatever that experience may be, um, I think it's a little little easier to be like, yeah, this song is great because you're you're already there. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, you're already kind of primed to experience that song in in a different way than someone like if that was the first song of the set you know what i mean um so it's it's tough you know um because there's you know then it's the whole experience thing too like how much how much of it is experiential kind of like we said a couple weeks ago like is our emotional response to a song, is that the work of the Holy Spirit or is that just, you know, my emotional response to any song at this point in time? Right. So. Yeah. Well, the, and the, the other, the other interesting, I mean, I'm, I'm, don't let me, don't let me stop you from asking questions, John. <laughs> right, well, I got a couple others, but keep going. Well, no, it's just that, I mean, that's a, that's a big one for me and I'm guessing probably a big one for you too, but I'll just say for me, this whole notion that, yeah, you're experiencing the Holy Spirit, you know, and I want to be careful to say that I think one could be too cautious on that and say, oh, well, I can't be definitive, therefore I won't say anything. Yeah. You know, I can't be definitive that this is the Holy Spirit, therefore I, who knows, like I'm totally up in the air. And so I, I'm not sort of, you know, in any way advocating that, but I just wonder about that whole piece because I think that seems to be so much the the kind of uh, litmus test for, you know, authenticity and value in terms of, I don't know whether it's a musical piece or whatever, but I don't, well, okay, well, here's an interesting one. I mean, how much as somebody in a worship band playing this stuff Sunday after Sunday or whatever your frequency is, but a lot more than me, like how much is that question asked or things around that question discussed in terms of, you know, what does it look like when the Holy Spirit's present or 
when there is a, a, a particular type of impact, let's say. I don't know that mm. there's, a, you know, I, I, so I'm not kind of, I'm backing away from the idea that the Holy Spirit, you know, at times is not present, but maybe there's, there's less, uh, you know, ability to detect that, less uh, different types of impact. But how much is that kind of discussed or is that, is that kind of just something that, you know, folks who would play would, would kind of, in some sense, in, in, in quotation marks, leave up to God? And just say, okay, I'm not really sure about this, and therefore, and I believe that God's interested in this, and therefore I'm just going to leave this with God. Or, or is there more kind of content to the discussion than that? Mm. Yeah. So um, the current church that I'm at, like before practice on Thursday nights, we have kind of a time of reflection, um, and the mm. worship pastor opens it up to everybody, just like um, and this question is like, so tell tell me some. Tell me some stories. What's going on um, as it relates to how people are responding to the worship music, how God's moved them um, one way or the other because of it? Um, where's, where's there kind of been some, free, some freedom in that? Um, so there's definitely a time of, we have a time of reflection, like how, how is God working in this house, um, specifically because of um, the music that we play? Um, I know, I know. I hope that doesn't sound like too self-centered, like we, we, we. Um, but it, it's really, it's not meant to be. I, I think we're in a good spot right now. Like, focus on how you can be transparent on stage um, mm-hmm. and what that looks like. Um, so there is that conversation of how how is God at work um, in the church through the worship set, through the worship experience, um, and how is, how is that impacting people's lives one, one way or the other? Um, so and that's definitely something that's more unique to the place that I'm at right now um, than, I ha- than in the past, um, which I think is good, and it's good to process through, you know, how really how is God working in this house? Um, so what are some... Go ahead. What are some common ways that, like, you would know or that you see? Sure. Um, you tend to see people that are engaged. I think um, you know, not the hands in the air and, and things like that. I mean that you're, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit or, or whatever you want to want to say. Um, but I don't know. There's just kind of a sense that wow, something's happening here, and I can't really explain it, um, which is hard to put into words. And not that that happens like every Sunday or ev- with every song or you know with every chorus. Um, but there's definitely a sense that I get, at least when I'm leading, like there's there's something going on here that uh, it, it's good. Um, I can't explain what's happening. Um, and it's hard to put into words, but, um, this room is, is changing in some way. Um, yeah. There was a recent, uh, interview with Bono and Eugene Peterson, and they were talking about, well, they're, they're mostly talking about Eugene Peterson's work, but one of the interesting things that I thought Bono brought up was, uh, why don't we have why don't we have church songs that are more like the psalms and i wonder like what do you think that would ever work because because when i hear what you've described which is what i experienced for a long time which is you know in terms of the arc of the service the the what i always interpreted from what was supposed to be happening was that the goal was that people would be up not down like yeah. maybe convicted, I guess that's kind of a down thing. But the overall goal was that people would come, that people would leave feeling better than when they got there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. As I'm even as I'm talking here, I'm realizing maybe that is still possible. But I'm wondering, like, could that even work? Mm. Like people, people feeling down. Well, to have music that was kind of dark and. Uh, despairing and I don't know 
maybe more <clears throat> reflective of someone like me that's not even sure God is there half the time. Sure. Yeah, I, th- I think that for me, what's coming to mind is like uh, like a Good Friday service type thing. How do you how do you set that up? What what's your song selection for that day? Um, uh, we had a service at church. I, I didn't attend, um, but it was uh, from what I heard, it was good, more somber, uh, more reflective, and those songs are are out there. They're just not necessarily the ones that you want people want to sing on Sunday morning. Uh, so. <laughs> right, right, okay. <laughs> um, but I, I think there's definitely a place for that. Um, the one of the previous churches that I played in seemed to do more of those somber songs, and, and um, even some of the the service overall was uh, very much. Um, look how much you need God. Look how much you need God. Look how bad you are. You know. Um, and I was left like, "Where's the love? Where's?" <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that would work for me either. <laughs> <laughs> where's the Where's the uplifting part? Um, so it's hard to definitely think it's a, it's waters that are hard to navigate. Um. So uh, yeah, it's an interesting conclusion, or maybe kind of direction to go out of the the somber or the less upbeat to kind of conclude you know, work towards look how much you need God versus or look how bad you are or anything like that versus, you know, things aren't going well in my life. Things are tough. Things are difficult. Things are unclear. You know, and how much of that then, if you do go in a, in not in an upbeat direction, how much are some of those motifs part of the music that you might encounter or you, you might, you know, the group might choose? Um, I'd say if anything, it's probably like maybe one song here and there, maybe. Um, right. um, my wife tells me a lot that I um, focus a lot more on the musical aspects versus the, the lyrical aspects. Um, mm. Which, uh, yeah, that's just that's just who I am, I guess. Um, but I mean, there's definitely a place within like a worship set for that self-reflection. Um, and I mean, I could, I could even see it in something, you know, maybe we do like a, an acapella chorus or, you know, in those moments where the song's kind of over and through. Um, but we kind of go back to sing a chorus or, or, or a bridge that just has some real, not necessarily somber, but those reflective parts. Like, wow, God, you know, God really is great. You know, um, hmm. it's uh, it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough question, I think, and a tough thing to yeah. to really put it because, like I said, it's not really something that people want to sing. <laughs> no, that's every week. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think would happen if instead of like? I know this may be a contradiction in terms, you know, as a worship band, but if, if you take the word band out, if, if you're part of the worship team, what if there was no music? What if there were images? What if there was poetry? What do you think would, could anything be gained and what would be lost if anything? And I'm not, I'm not talking, well, you could talk permanently. Like I know way back when in the kind of second, third even into the fourth century, there were, there were a lot of churches where there was no music at all. And then there was this kind of begrudging acceptance of the Psalms put to music. Um, but um, even for a single service, what do you think the impact positively or negatively would be? Yeah. Um, I think it would be something that would like take getting used to if that was like a weekly, a weekly thing, you know, like, um, the person who like um, sometimes we'll have people that like paint on stage oh, during, yeah. during the worship set and stuff like that which um, for me I can't really look at because like I need to follow the band but yeah. <laughs> for other for other people is it, I think it's a, a more meaningful experience um, but yeah I, I think for me my mind goes to like well that's just a special service does it have to be probably not um 
But I think in, in today's, you know, American Christian church, like, well, come to our poetry service on Thursday night and, uh, you know, experience God in a new way um, versus really trying to incorporate that into the Sunday morning experience. Right. It's just too, too set and it's, it's, it's too much expected and, and kind of. Yeah. I think people come to, like I said, people kind of know, I would assume, I, mean, I can't really speak to uh, like non-believers because I've, like I've, I've grown up in church and I've always been in church and um, for what it's worth, uh, I think people have a perception of how things should go. And even, I mean, even like little things, um, people notice like, oh, we changed the offering to the end of the service versus the middle of the service. You know, uh, people get up in arms about that sometimes. So there's kind of that un, unspoken uh-huh. expectation of what Sunday morning should look like. Um, I'm just speaking churches in general, not necessarily the church that we attend currently. Um but yeah, there's like I said, there's that kind of unspoken where you go, you sing some songs, the pastor or preacher or whoever does a little message, uh, they talk about some announcements, uh, we sing some other stuff, there's a benediction, and then we go home. So um, kind of breaking away from that uh, could be difficult, but mm-hmm. there could be a lot gained there as well. So. Mm-hmm. You know, this is making me think a little bit about the whole idea, like what are we trying to do? And I guess if if I don't know if, if this is the right way of saying it, but if if the musical presentation or the musical invitation, you know, to join in singing or whatever is about praise, I wonder do we is it just assumed within a church that people know how to do that or know what that is, or that whatever they may know is just fine and they don't need to know anything more than that. You know, like in other words, is praising something that everybody knows how to do? If you're a Christian, you should know how to do that. Or does that sometimes require instruction? Or do you know already usually something, but you could benefit from instruction? You know, I've never heard of anything about that. Like I've heard maybe about seminars for worship leaders or you know, musicians, but I've never heard of anything to instruct, guide, um, enhance the experience or participation of those who are part of the service in this act that could generally be called praise. And I wonder what you think about that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like coaching and and practice rehearsal type stuff for like worship team people. Um, I don't know when you say that, it makes me think of um, if you ever go to like a an older United Methodist church um, mm-hmm. and pick up <laughs> pick up the hymnal on the fifth page or so. There's John Wesley's um, instructions for singing. Um, oh wow! Really? Uh, That's yeah. That's cool. One of the first or one of the first three things is Wesley says, like, if you've learned this song the wrong way, unlearn it and learn it again the right way. <laughs> uh, and I always found that a little curious, like, wow, okay, well, maybe. Um, so <laughs> I know that's a little dated. Um, it also makes me think, like, how it could like relate to prayer, like everybody. A lot of people can say, yeah, I know how to pray, or yeah, I've prayed, mm-hmm. Christian or, or otherwise, like, oh, man, I need to pray for blah, 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 um, without really knowing what that means, potentially. Um, and as far as, like, worship, how to praise, I think it's, uh, you know, we all we all know how to sing in some regard. You know, <laughs> we, sing, we sing in our showers. We sing in our showers. <laughs> um, we all know how to sing. So, and I think sometimes, you know, we may turn, turn some of those barriers off, those thinking aspects off when we approach music in general. Um, and even when we come to, come to church sometimes like, well, I don't really need to think about what's going on. I just need to, you know, fear, 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 feel the bass drum, 
uh, in my chest and, and, you know, really engage with the production of worship without saying, you know, what does that really mean? So I know we kind of circled the wagon on that question, but um, I think it's probably something that's taken for granted. Yeah. Well, I'm curious what either of you would say would be, like, if you had the opportunity next Sunday to help people know what to do, what would you tell them? Got that. <clears throat> just makes it kind of makes makes me think back to like what um, our worship leader pastor kind of instills in us. Like we, we kind of set the example uh, for better or for worse. Um, people look to us for what to do, whether that's the person who's you know lead singing the song or the humble bass player or the electric guitar player or the drummer people people will look to us to see how we're engaged or unengaged um to kind of feel out what what they're supposed to do for better or for worse um so i don't know i've got told a couple times like evan what are you angry like you need to smile it's okay to be on stage it's fine. <laughs> but i'm really concentrating because it's a tricky song um so it is big thing is what are what are you doing to um be okay with yourself be okay with what god's called you to um but that is in, that is interesting though like what if you really were angry you're supposed to just yeah. pretend you're not <laughs> there was um experience, an experience in college where um I went to a private Christian university and we had chapel three times a week. Um, and it was, was part of the band for that up until my senior year when we started a program and I I just wanted to play the music. I didn't really want to take a class to play the music. You know what I mean? So, um, and the guy that was kind of teaching that class and kind of guiding us basically had that like fake it till you make it mentality. Like, man, if you're not, you need to show that you're engaged, even if you don't feel it. John loves that one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not. So I said, okay, well, that's great if you want to do that. But I don't, I don't think I want to be a part of this right now. Um, Good for you. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line to walk, I think, when you're like, man, especially for me, like, I really don't care for this song. Like, I don't, I don't get it musically. It's, it's boring. There's no, it's just, just a boring song to me that doesn't really speak to me for whatever, but you know, other people, you know, it's the greatest song they've heard. Um, so there's kind of some of that, some of that reflection, like what, what's the bigger purpose here is, is the purpose for me to enjoy this and to, um, get everything out of it, um, or is my purpose to help others to the foot of the cross or, or experience God in a new way? Um, and I think for me, having that kind of bigger focus, like, okay, it's really not about me. Um, not that I need to enjoy it or, or fake it, but um, there's that different understanding of where things, where the song's headed, what purpose larger purpose does it serve than just me? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's funny because before, just before you asked that question, the question I was going to ask you, Evan, and I, I think this is the direction I would probably go in, uh, is to have folks consider what the relationship would be between their everyday life, the praise, I'm just using that word. You could, I guess you could use the, the word worship as well. Um, uh, and I'll be honest, I'm not too sure what the difference is between some of these words. I'm, I, I assume there's a difference. There usually is, you know, they're not complete synonyms. But um, I'm just going to put those two out there generically. But what's the relationship between their everyday life the praise or worship they're doing now and then 
whatever message they're going to hear. Like, how do these things, how are they supposed to integrate and how are they distinct and should be kept distinct? That would be my, that would be my, my concern because I guess I wonder if the music goes well for you, if it sits well with you at the end of the set, let's say, or the end of the playing or the, the, the musical time, does that mean something different? Does that imply something different about the whatever message is coming or whatever? You, you know, like, so if I have a particular emotional response following the end of the set, does that mean that the message I'm about to hear is more important for me? Right? Do I gauge that message on the basis of my emotional disposition following the music? Or, or maybe I don't. Maybe there's no relationship at all. Or maybe when I'm talking about the relationship with real life, when I, when I come in and I'm feeling down and I go through a process of singing and, and being in the presence of those who are singing, and et cetera, what, what do I take it to mean you know, when uh, I'm feeling more up? Uh, what do I take it to mean when I'm uh, pretty much the same? What do I take it to mean when I'm actually get more irritated because I, I really didn't like, you know, two or three of the, 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 the songs in terms of their lyrical content. Um, and so I guess these are, these are some of these pieces that, you know, I don't know that these need to be legislated. I don't know that I'm ever appealing for some sort of legislation, but just some form of dialogue around these because it seems that, yeah, I just wonder to what degree there are just widespread assumptions, you know, in other words, they're held by everybody, but I think they're probably fairly, we might be surprised at how different they are about what the implications of those different sort of relationships that I mentioned actually are. So that, that's my. Yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely like intentionality, um, between this, at least in the churches I've been a part of, um, intentionality between the songs that are picked and the message series or, or um, just the message in general. There's always some, some sort of tie-in. I, I'm, not, I'm not a part of those conversations. Um, mm. but, but I can say with good certainty that those conversations are happening, at least on, on the more administrative level. Pastor, mm-hmm. pastor, um, etc. Um, so there's definitely intentionality to kind of create that flow, um, and I mean I think we're primed <laughs> in one way or the other, um, depending on our experiences, like um, with him, like whether or not we view that message as meaningful or. Um, I got a lot out of that message or, you know, well, it was okay. You know, was mm-hmm. I, was I primed, um, by the music, um, intentionally or not, um, to experience that message in a, in a different way. Um, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a school psychologist, so like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I understand that and I get it, mm-hmm. uh, which I mean, it happens, you know, um, but I, I think the the interesting part, or the more yeah, the interesting part is like, what do you, what do you do with that? Um, are, are you even as a as a pastor, are you aware of that, and are you are you going to take that responsibility on yourself and say, you know, we got to keep pushing into this, we got to blah blah blah, um, or are are we trying to be open and just allow um, the spirit to work and continue? Um, versus trying to take that credit for ourselves. Mm. So, um, yeah. That seemed tricky. <laughs> like, yeah, hard to navigate. I mean, difficult to navigate. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's definitely something like uh, towards the end of our service, we, we tend to do more of like a reflective, like, so we're, we're definitely attending more of a secret church, which, mm-hmm. which is okay. Um, and I, I mean, there's things like we experience, you know, church as a community and worship as a community, which is great. Um, 
and then take those. Uh, we have more of those deeper conversations and things like that through small group, which I, I think is, is great. Um, so sometimes the message one way or the other isn't, you know, I don't leave. Oh, wow. This was a great message or, Oh, well, it was just okay. Um, so I may have lost my train of thought. I apologize. No, I, I think that was good. So are, if yeah. I echo back, are, are you saying that, you know, the, the music is one component, the, the service and the message, that's another component. And yet, you know, you've got a, a more intimate sort of setting for maybe gathering, learning, uh, interacting on a more personal level with folks. And so, you know, each component has its part, but it's not as though if one component doesn't work well, everything's shot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to go back to what you were saying, Greg. I think you landed on something really, I don't know, I'm really thinking about it. This whole Mm. notion that it's just assumed that you know what to do. Mm. In other words, so I think of my church experience of it's just assumed that we're all singing these songs, that we're all having similar feelings mm-hmm. that are positive, that are connecting, and and that hopefully because that's all happening, then the, it will lead to some positive outcome. Yeah, and that that those that if you're having similar feelings. That, that 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 they're for similar reasons or that the reasons are similarly valuable. You know, I might be feeling great in a service and you, John, might be feeling great in a service for completely different reasons. And me feeling great right now might not be what I'm supposed to be feeling. You know, it's supposed to in 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 you know quotation marks, but a sense of, you know, I'm feeling great because I'm completely thinking about something else that's coming up next and I'm really excited about that. But maybe there's 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 something that's happened in my week that I really need to be taken to task on, even if it's just with myself in that space. And I shouldn't be feeling quite that happy. I'm actually distracting myself. I'm taking myself away from the potential to address something. Right, but I guess I'm just really intrigued by this idea that there's no guidance. Mm. Like like in the sermon, there's guidance or there's a reference point, the Bible. But mm. when you're singing, there's no... I don't know, I'm not, maybe I'm not saying it very clearly, but... I, I, I think you've you. landed on something kind of interesting. Well, it, it is it is kind of strange, you know. Like on the one hand, you don't want to be uh, uh, like like I could see. Correct me if I'm wrong, Evan, but I, I'm guessing because I'm not up there on stage off doing this. But I'm guessing if 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 like I've got <laughs> I brought up John Wesley's directions for singing in worship on on um, it's actually called Worshipedia, and uh, they're pretty direct. <laughs> You know, like sing the sing the sing the words exactly as they are printed. Sing them all. Uh, sing lustily and in good courage, but sing modestly. Sing in time, and and you know, like I'm not saying that John Wesley shouldn't have written these or that they have no value. I'm simply saying that it would seem, on the one hand, strange for someone in the position of a you know directing or guiding, leading the worship to offer a lot of specifics, maybe because, as you said before, Evan, like there's this assumed and like rightly so assumed order of service. We, we come to this church, it's typically done like this. And when you throw something in that's a curveball, um, you know, some people may respond to it more strongly than others. So for, you know, worship band or worship leader to, to sort of address the whole thing, make, you know, um, I don't know, make thematic what is, atten- what is essentially just um, assumed could seem very, very awkward. But I wonder about that. Like, I wonder if it wouldn't have a value in certain ways. Well, I'm still curious. I think uh, Evan kind of answered it, but I'm still curious, Greg, what you would, how you would answer that. Like, what, like if you were up there, what would you say? Well, I would literally say to people, I, you know, I'd like you to consider the relationship between what you're singing now how you're feeling, how you're feeling when you came in, what you think the relationship is, and what you think it often, sh- what you think it typically should be, how that's going to relate to what co- what happens next. Like I would, I guess I would want w- without 
without going through the process of, of actually interviewing people from the stage, I would want to stimulate and prompt people to be reflective on the relationships between their emotional dispositions the, uh, when they came in, uh, how their week went, and what might have, you know, I don't know, inspired a certain, I feel great today or I feel lousy today. You come in, you sing, you now feel maybe the same, but differently perhaps. And if you feel differently, what do you think that relationship is about? And then as you go into hearing a message, so in other words, you're, you're being addressed more intellectually, obviously emotionally as well, because the, um, you know, uh, a homily is not just exposition, it's also proclamation. Those are these two things, right? It's digging into the text so that you may understand it. It's also speaking it to you, right? It's a message that must be understood, but also received by the individual. So this is what like the, the kind of core components maybe of a of preaching are. So when you're when that's hitting you, what do you think about that relationship, right? And I guess I would just want people to be more reflective of that entire process. So that they might say, oh, yeah, you know, typically I'm used to coming in. I feel like if I pull out it on a, on a graph from 1 to 10, I'm at about 4 out of a 10 at the end of my week. You know, and I might even want people to say, gee, do you think that's normal? How do you feel about being at a 4 out of 10? Yeah, I feel fine. Or no, you know, it's strange. I, th- I, I would always think I should be like a 5, 6, or 7. Maybe some of that reflection is getting people to reflect back into, well, what's going on in the rest of your life? Well, and I, also, the- I also hear it. I also hear the strains of your big topic of interpreting your own experience and how are you doing that? Exactly. Yeah. And and I I don't think that people, I mean, we had, I had part of a conversation at my church group uh, this past Sunday. And one of the questions that was raised was what degree of expertise is needed? And I think on the one hand, there's a pretty high degree of expertise, but on the other hand, I think it's everyday sort of expertise. It's me taking time to think about who I am, to be self-aware, to consider the things that go into, you know, my week, how I end up feeling and acting as a result. And then when you think about that in terms of Sunday, I would just be cautious to think, you know, some of those thoughts of, well, this, the Holy Spirit is more here than anywhere else. I don't know about that. You know, I think the Holy Spirit's around a lot. Or the Holy Spirit's more interested in what happens to me here than anywhere else. Mm, I don't know about that. So in other words, if your week centers on Sunday, and I think that's fine, like mine often does, because Sunday we leave the town we're in, we travel to another town where we have most of our friends. And so it's not just church, but it's connections with friends. But if that's the time of rejuvenation and regeneration, then I think that also has to be a particular time of reflection about, well, what are the relationships between these components of my life? broken up into these seven days. And if my thinking is that God is more present here, God is more concerned about me here, or more concerned that I get these things than I, that I get them, than I get other things, that I, you know, grasp them or I'm grasped by them, I would just throw some question marks into the mix. That would be what I would want to do. Oh, I'm guessing that's not too clear. <laughs> No, no. Oh. <laughs> I was I was looking for I was thinking we probably are getting close to wrapping up, so I was wondering if Evan had any concluding thoughts or if anyone yeah. had anything to wrap us up. Sure. So I mean worship music I think is, is just tough, um in general. And I, I think for whatever reason it comes under more scrutiny than just some other types of music. Um, and I think that's just kind of the, anything Christian related seems to have that, um, not necessarily double standard, but there's a higher standard, um, for whatever reason. And, and people, you know, well, they didn't sing this song this week. I'm really angry. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> it's, I think kind of Greg, what you talked about before, like, individual individual versus personal um right as far as our relationship to god uh, personal indeed but um what's what's the broader view of what's where worship music is taking us um and that sometimes it's really <laughs> it's really not about us um regardless of 
what the song is or, or the lyrics or, or, or the musical aspects of that as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, it, yeah, it's just it's a it's an interesting conversation and definitely a, a difficult some conversation at sometimes because you know people's preferences come into play. Um, but I think at the end of the day, one of one of our church's values is is do everything with excellence. Um, and, and if we're pursuing that and, and coming to coming into that experience, um, transparent and open um, and reflective, you know, I think we're set up to potentially experience God in, in a different way. Um, not that we need to, I would hope that experiencing God in, in church is not the only place where we experience him. Um, makes me think of, um, you know, the practice of the presence of God by brother Lawrence with, you know, just being aware of the Holy spirit around you every day. Um, so, like I said, I hope I hope that church isn't the only place where we experience that. Um, if worship music helps us experience that, that's great. Um, but there's a lot of life that happens outside of that hour and a half we spend at church. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Untangling Christianity podcast. A summary and resources for this episode are at our website, untanglingchristianity.com. If you'd like to join our private Facebook group or reach us by email, send your request, questions, or even a simple hello to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. Music on this podcast is provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license.